0: Hello and welcome to In Defense of a Movie Podcast. It's once again time for some Jury Duty.
1: We are on Jury Duty. So welcome
0: to December 2019. We're almost done this crazy year. Yeah. We hope that you're getting ready for the holiday season. Um, Mm -hmm. Hope you got some good Black Friday deals. And I hope that you got a chance to check out our Thanksgiving episode with our interview with Jordan Downey. That was a lot of fun for us. Yeah. Aaron, how you doing?
1: I'm good, and how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, doing good. Feeling a little fatigued, you know. The office Christmas yeah. parties have started. Things are in full yeah. swing. Everyone's running around, busy. The roads are crazy. Yeah, Black Friday just happened. You weren't injured in any way? No, I I avoid Black Friday shopping at all. Yeah, at all uh, possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I guess it's time to announce our yeah. next movie that we're gonna do, and it is.
1: stupids yeah yeah i can't wait for this movie yeah this
0: was a bit of a fan request on our reddit mm-hmm. uh, po- as a subreddit as we'll get into in the episode and uh it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed watching this film and yeah. uh yeah i think we had a we had a really good time talking about it and we're stoked to unveil that episode it's gonna be great
1: yeah so make sure you go out and watch it prior to the episode because it is a great movie
0: yeah, I couldn't find it on any streaming sites. I ended up uh just renting it off of like uh Google Play or something. So, yeah. it's it, it might be a little vague but, uh but it's a it's a John Landis film and um, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth a watch before we talk about the episode if you haven't seen it because it is such a weird film. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those films that just keeps hitting you and hitting you. And
1: yeah. <laughs> relentlessly. It's, it's like an onion; it has so many layers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Oh wait, or was it an ogre that has many layers? I don't know. They both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, so Aaron, let's talk. Let's talk um, uh, movies in the theaters. Um, yeah,
1: what have you seen lately? So I recently went and checked out Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is, I think, I believe, uh, written and directed by Taika Waititi. He's Marshal Jojo, you're a
0: fuck man. Prepare to leave the house.
1: Today you boys will be involved in such activities as war games,
0: <laughs> and
1: ambush techniques, and blowing stuff up.
0: I don't think I can do this. No! Oh God, nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know it's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. And what what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I like I absolutely loved it. I don't know of what it is about his uh, specific like writing style and stuff, but I find that he's able to take uh, like child actors and get them to act in a certain way that just makes you like emotional and stuff. Like he's re- he's really good at like bringing the best out of them. And so this obviously kind of follows like um, Jojo, and uh, he's like a younger 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 kid here and, uh, yeah, just phenomenal actor. Um, you know, it tugs on your heartstrings. It takes you on an emotional journey mm. and, uh, yeah. And it's basically like a, a, satire of the, uh, like Nazi Germany and stuff and, and, uh, World War Two and all that. So, um, a lot of, a lot of good jokes, a lot of poking fun at Nazis and uh, things that happened. And so I, yeah, I, like I highly recommend it and thought it was, um, was definitely worth it, and if you're like a uh, World War Two guy or um, like into Nazi Germany or whatever, like uh, <laughs> like I don't mean like you're a Nazi, but you're like into <laughs> into war stuff. Like you, yeah. you'll like this movie, you'll get a kick out of it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah I, yeah, I I couldn't, I wasn't able to successfully convince my wife to go see it with me, so I might have yeah. to wait till it's until it's uh, on on uh, digital. But yeah, I'm really stoked to watch that one. It
1: looked really really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Dan? What have you seen? So I went and
0: saw uh, just on, on Thursday here, I went and saw Knives out, uh, the new mm-hmm. film from Ryan Johnson.
1: I suspect foul play. And I have eliminated no suspects. I brought. <laughs> <laughs> twisted web we are not finished untangling it not yet what is this CSI KFC
0: I gotta be careful in the way I talk about this movie because it is a who done it, and Aaron you haven't seen it yet so No, yeah So I want to give my thoughts but I, I also probably I really want to talk about this film with you in a few weeks once the smoke is cleared and everyone's had a chance to see it Because I yeah. would love to do a spoiler discussion about this episode mm-hmm. Or about this movie rather um, But my initial thoughts, you know, um, I came out of the theater feeling really disappointed and frustrated by this film Yeah um, I thought it was painfully obvious what the outcome, uh, was mm. going to be. And, uh, that's why I want to talk about it because the reason I think it's painfully obvious is, um, almost solely like political in nature and, and, and there's so much I want to say about it, but I, I came out and I looked at like the Rotten Tomatoes and I saw all these scores that are in like the high nineties and I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um, mm. I honestly, I, I, the thing is, Aaron, like, um, this movie plays homage to the like those whodunit kind of mm-hmm. mysteries, right? Yeah. Like the, but, like, I grew up in a household that had, like, the box sets of all these, like, PBS murder mystery shows, like, Cad File, Poirot, Touch of Frost, mm. Miss Marple, all those, like, Sherlock Holmes, all that stuff. So I've seen so much of that stuff. I mean, a lot of it's really dry, but I sat through a lot of it growing up. And I got to say, like, you know, Ryan Johnson, he subverts the the formula, because of course he subverts the formula, but it's just, this thing, you can read it like a book, and I was Mm. really, really disappointed by it. Um, But again, I don't think, I think I'm the the minority on this one, so I want to encourage people to check it out, because I want to talk about it, and I want to talk about um, a key part of it that really frustrates me, Mm. um, but I can't yet, so... I just want people to go see it um, because it is an enjoyable movie. It is getting really high reviews, so it's not like it's, you know, a piece of garbage or anything, but I personally uh, did not like it, and I only recommend it because I know that I'm being a snob about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. How was was Chris Chris Evans acting in it? Because I saw his acting in the trailer, and it just looked terrible to me for some reason. Did it? Um, Yeah.
0: In, in the movie, it's pretty good. I would say okay. that it, ma- it makes more sense in the in the uh, when you see how he works with the ensemble cast. Mm, um, it see. makes more sense to where his character is coming from.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, that that's yeah. what I figured was happening in there. So I didn't I didn't uh, think too much into it, but yeah, I don't I don't know what it was, but it it just seemed so terrible in the uh, trailer that I saw for it. Yeah. So that so, is that is good to hear.
0: Yeah, so the it's a beautifully shot film. Um it looks really great. There's some really fun acting and some really silly accents and stuff and a lot mm-hmm. of humor and Ryan Johnson is very obviously kicking dirt in the face of any last Jedi critics and more mm. than once he can there's there's lines and there's setups and there's subversions that are very Ugh. clearly shots at anyone who didn't like his last film. I hate when they do that <laughs> yeah I guess we haven't really been super vocal about our opinions of the last Jedi but I, safe to say for me personally I'm done with Ryan Johnson after this film um yeah we can get into that later but honestly uh yeah i just i feel like ryan johnson uh thinks that he's the smartest guy ever and i i strongly disagree Mm. (laughs) let's just leave it at that i guess um but yeah this movie is about um christopher Plummer plays uh a guy named Harlan Thrombey who's this, who has this like huge empire of like mystery. He's like an author. He has this huge media empire from all his books and his estate and everything. And he passes away under mysterious circumstances and the entire family, of course, you know, uh, wants the inheritance. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, this lady named Marta played by Anna de Armas, uh, who was in Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she ends up kind of in the center of it, uh, Because she's basically his nurse slash caretaker and she ends up in this kind of twisted web of everything. And that's all I can say about it because it's just too easy to, it's too easy to spoil. So I don't want to do that.
1: Okay. No spoilers this episode. Well, I like, I can't wait to go check it out and give you my, give you my thoughts on it. So
0: yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm more excited to like, to rip it apart or dissect it with you. (laughs) No, no, not yeah. not ripping. I'm I'm more excited to dissect it with you than yeah. anything else okay. at this point. So yeah, all right, Aaron. So, um, it's been uh, almost a month. We're basically looking at a month yeah. in review of Disney Plus. Yeah. There's a bunch of original content on there that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, but I kind of wanted to get your overall thoughts on the service so far, what you think of its offerings and everything
1: else. Um, so far I'm like I'm into it. I'm I'm glad they have a lot of their older older stuff in it that's not normally available anywhere else. So so that's super sweet. I remember wanting to watch Sword in the Stone for so long and not mm-hmm. being able to really find it anywhere. So I'm glad that I can uh, I can do that now and then that uh, old animated Mighty Ducks cartoon oh, has just yeah. been yeah I just absolutely like I remember watching that as a kid and waking up early every Saturday morning and uh, turning on the TV and so excited to watch it so that's been on there and that's kind of been fun rewatching that and it surprisingly like holds up pretty well and mm-hmm. um, like that style of. Uh, style of uh, cartoon. Like, it's almost like the Batman animated series. Like, it has that kind of vibe to it, but it's just mm. ducks. Uh, like, in, in the way the dialogue is and stuff. And so, you don't uh, you don't see that in, in cartoons uh, so much anymore. So, it was kind of neat mm-hmm. seeing that. Um, my biggest bone to pick with the Disney Plus app is the app itself. I Mm -hmm. feel like it's still lacking in a few things. Like, I'll go from one device to another device and find that it won't, like, if I watch one show on one device and then I go to switch to another one, it won't, like, pick up where I left off. Yeah. So Yeah, so it's got, like, a little bit of, like, tiny bugs like that that I think that need to be worked out. Other than that, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm very surprised by... The actual functionality of the app, Mm -hmm. considering that streaming apps have been around for a long time now. Yeah. I really expected this to be more polished at launch than it is. I mean, I I had a feeling like it was going to, the servers and everything were going to crash the first couple days. That feels very normal to me. But what didn't feel normal to me is, say, trying to binge watch a series. But then every time you log into the app, it doesn't tell you which ones you've watched and which ones you haven't. And yeah, yeah. We only just got like the resume playing function, like I think a couple days ago. And um, I have to, I have to, I have to Chromecast this to my TV because the actual app on my television, the smart TV, I can't actually log into the app on there. Oh, um, okay. It won't let me actually enter my credentials, so the only way I can watch it on my TV right now is to cast it from my phone, which is a kind yeah. of a it's it's a minor thing, but it just I mean this is Disney we're talking about, and and, yeah. and you would think that this thing would have launched crazy polished, um, but yeah, truthfully, and, and also some of the search functionality, like just little things that bug mm-hmm. me, like when you're searching for a movie. And the search results come up. The search bar obscures the title at the top of the first search result. Just little things yeah. like that, where I'm yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. You would yeah. think that this thing would be like really refined by yeah, now. Yeah,
1: so. it's a, which is like it's such a minor complaint overall. Yeah. But at, and I assume that as as things go, they're gonna tighten everything up.
0: Yeah, content-wise, I totally agree with you. I, I'm actually really surprised by how much is on here. Mm-hmm i'm watching a lot of shows and movies that i haven't seen since they were on like vhs um yeah my wife and i have been kind of chewing through the old classics like snow white sleeping beauty Mm. um we watched alice in wonderland the other night and that was bizarre to see as an adult (laughs) 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 what a trip that must have been (laughs) yeah what a trip and it's so shocking because everything is so upscaled and HD, yeah. and I just I've never seen these cartoons like that ever in my life. Last yeah. time I saw them, I had to adjust the tracking on them for goodness' sake. So it's like to um, to jump into that was really just incredible because I'm noticing details I never saw before, and you know it's just um, it's a really sublime experience. Um, but then there's other things, Aaron. Like I wanted to binge watch, like start in on the Simpsons as soon as mm-hmm. I got this app. But then I realized that they're cropped. All the early episodes are cropped. Like the ones that are uh, like HD. So I had to stop because it was driving me crazy. And you can't watch it on the TV because it it blows it up. And it's just, it it like hurts your eyes. So I was like, well, I guess I have to wait till they fix that. So there's, again, it's like... The content is it's it's this treasure trove of stuff, but yeah. they're just little inconsistencies that kind of confuse me because they didn't crop anything else per se, like any of the you know, like they didn't crop gargoyles or anything like that, but yeah. for some reason Simpsons got cropped. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure why they do what they do, but Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh so Dan, what uh what original like Disney Plus original content have you been watching?
0: Um Most of it. I've tried Mm -hmm. to dip my toes in a little bit of everything. Um, Obviously, the big one that we have to spend some time talking about is The Mandalorian.
1: They said you were coming.
0: They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? As of recording this, there's four episodes of Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron, what do you think of this show so far?
1: Oh, I am in love with it. It's Mm -hmm. such a uh, just beautiful show. The way that everything is filmed, um, the way it makes you feel, the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. like uh, everything is just like top, top notch in this, uh, in the show so far. What do you think about it?
0: I, I honestly, I love it. I, I, it's so nice. Um, this is the first time I can remember that I've been able to talk about Star Wars and everyone mm-hmm. kind of agrees and is enjoying it and not ripping on it. It's so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. The first three episodes, are, in my opinion, are absolutely masterful. Um, yeah. I love the characters. I'm, I, I love the characters. Uh, Carl Weathers, uh, Warner Herzog's yeah. characters, obviously Baby Yoda, like every time he comes on oh. screen. I My need a baby Yoda. Really, yeah, high pitched noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 um the the thing that's jumped out at me so far, Aaron, and we talked yeah. about this when we talked about Terminator, Dark Fate on our last episode, um, was this idea of simplicity. Yeah. And the Mandalorian is so simple, and I think that's why it works so well, is it's mm-hmm. so laser focused on the story, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's so funny how a guy that never takes his helmet off can convey so much emotion. But it's so great. Um, I, think, I, I think the fourth episode, the one that just dropped, um, was the only one where the, um, I started to feel a little nervous because it kind of felt more like a, a, a bad Star Trek episode or something. It, it felt yeah. a little more like fillery, episodic. And I was like, "Oh no! Please don't lose the momentum. It's doing so well."
1: But well, this is this is my theory on what's happening right now. And the first three episodes were almost uh, like watching a movie, like a mini, like a three part movie kind of thing. And it was it was yeah. setting the tone, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think I I would imagine what's going to happen now is things are going to get like a little bit more weird and lose a little bit of that uh, tone because. It is a TV show after all, and we're not used to... Unless you watch, uh, like, the Clone Wars cartoon or the Rebel Rebels cartoon, you're not really used to seeing, like, uh, seeing a Star Wars TV show. So it progresses at, like, a way different rate than you're normally used to. And so uh, so I imagine that's that the episodes after this are going to have a little bit of that. But the other thing that's nice is... It's only eight eight episodes long, right? So, yeah. so even if they do kind of have like a filler episode or or whatever you want to call it, um, like it should not it shouldn't it'll you'll see it around the fourth and the fifth episode, and then it'll probably be like pick up again, you know, and get like and get super intense.
0: Yeah, I think the reason the fourth episode jumps out at me so much is because like, um, considering he's a baby, like this little mm-hmm. Yoda. We're just gonna call him Baby Yoda. Everyone's calling him Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, but he, he's kind of like the elephant in the room because mm-hmm. you know you feel so restless because you're like, okay, yeah, we're doing the sevens uh, we're doing the Magnificent Seven slash yeah. Um, Last Samurai slash Yeah, uh, yeah. They do it in Clone Wars. <laughs> they even do it in one of the Star Trek movies. It's like that classic train the villagers to yeah. fend off the invaders. Thirteenth Warrior, whatever it is. And I was like, like this is cool and all but everyone just wants to know where baby yoda came from what it is where it's going you know so you're sitting there and you're like yeah okay yeah this is great and all but like we need to know more and, you're like, mm. and all and the uh what is it the ATST mm walker mm-hmm. was that autonomous like because it had like glowing red eyes but it didn't seem like anyone was piloting it because like those the the holes that it sees through isn't like usually people are sitting there right and they like yeah. drive it by looking through those vents or whatever the eyes. I, yeah. anyway, I it, it was the first episode so far where I started to feel a little nervous.
1: Mm. I was, I, I, the, the the issue I had uh, was like they defeat so Ewoks defeat how many of those on Endor in in. Uh, What is it? Return of the Jedi. And uh, you're telling me that these humans are struggling with defeating it?
0: Yeah, I know. Well, they seem kind of like pacifist.
1: yeah, or the Mandalorian is, is struggling to defeat it, this badass warrior and like and these Ewoks can take it out. I don't know. That that was the only thing that I had. But like I like we, we chatted about this before and I said I'm I'm like a sucker for this storyline of the of the uh, like train the villagers and stuff. I don't know what it is about it, but
0: well my biggest problem with it in this instance is mm-hmm. and this comes up so often, is there's no real expression of the passage of time. Yeah. Um the they get this little training montage where it seems like only that lady could shoot when the rest couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then there's no passage of time showing them improve. Whereas yeah. if you look at a movie like um I don't know, like Last Samurai, you see the improvement over time. You understand yeah. how long this has taken. Whereas this episode, I truthfully I I don't think I know how much time passes between them landing there and then them confronting.
1: Well, he does say at one point where he when he's talking to that uh, to the other lady there, I forget her name. Uh, the what did they call her? Like a paratrooper? No.
0: Yeah, an, an ex like paratrooper or something.
1: Yeah, something like that. And um, he says he says like we've been here for a few weeks, and I'm thinking about leaving the baby here, like Baby Yoda there.
0: What was her name? Cara Dune, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so so I think that's how. But it's always it's always stupid when they gotta have the main character like state how much time is passed.
0: But yeah, o- there's just, overall, there's just ways of doing it. Yeah, there's, there's tricks to do it that make it mm-hmm. um, um, seem like there's been some growth.
1: But overall, I still, like, I really liked everything. Um, yeah. Seeing all the little clips with Baby Yoda just doing mm-hmm. stuff and, like, grabbing things. And, like, yeah. it, it was just so awesome. Yeah. Um, they're doing a really good job with with him. You know what I love about this
0: series, too, is that um, I, I love, this, sounds, this is going to sound kind of dumb at first, but, like, I love how violent it is. Hmm. Um. Because I feel like that's something that's been lacking from Star Wars for a long time. Yeah. Where, where, like, where blasters feel dangerous again. Like in the third episode, where when he goes straight up Dark Knight on all those stormtroopers, and yeah. you hear like their armor sizzling from the blast wounds as he walks away, and like you really get the sense of like like these Mandalorians are actually dangerous. Yeah. Um, and that they're you know really good at what they do, but he's not an impervious character to harm. Like his armor gets messed up, you know he he doesn't he doesn't succeed. He fail. He has like micro failures within his battles, you know, where he gets kind mm-hmm. of people get the drop on him. Like it's really refreshing to me because it's 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 a darker tone. It's violent. The world feels gritty. And, you know, even that ATSD, that thing felt dangerous. And I can't remember the last time one of those seemed dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. They certainly don't seem dangerous when like little teddy bears are smashing logs. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Um, I really enjoyed that scene where, what is it, the Bosks? I don't know, is that their race?
0: I, I don't know I don't know
1: enough uh, about. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah he ta- he takes on like three of them and that whole scene is so beautiful where he just mm-hmm. stops and in the reflection of his helmet you see them like dropping jumping across the canyon that and stuff so about to attack. Cool. Him. Yeah, that was a very very cool scene.
0: Yeah, oh I was just like my yeah my heart was just thumping. I was so excited about
1: that. And then he totally kicks ass too, and just absolutely <laughs> destroys three of those guys.
0: Then seeing, uh, in the I can't remember which episode it is. I think in, when he when he gets his new like chromed out armor, and he just yeah. kind of, everyone's <laughs> looking at him in the bar, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this thing is so so well constructed. Yeah, um, you know this is this is coming from John Favreau um, mm-hmm. and David Faloni, who did uh, yeah. so many of the, the Star Wars cartoons up to date. Yeah animated series sorry and um yeah you just you get a sense that there's been a change in focus over there Mm -hmm. at uh, lucasfilm and and george lucas has been involved there's behind the scenes videos of him spending a lot of time on set um i don't exactly know in what capacity whether it's just advisory or what but um aaron this really does feel like a return to form and i hope i hope that disney recognizes this and runs with it and realizes that You know, realism and simplicity and and toning down the humor a little bit really can have uh, positive Mm -hmm. returns. I really hope they listen to this.
1: Well, I was reading something the other day and I guess uh, John Favreau and what was his name? Dave Dave, uh, Filoni? um he the both of them apparently uh like since there's been so much success and everyone's been loving the mandalorian that they're going to be involved more in the star wars uh franchise so hopefully we'll see some some good movies here coming out
0: give them a trilogy just let them they've already done four kick-ass episodes that's more than Mm -hmm. it's just about the runtime of a trilogy anyway already like you you know what i mean like let's do it um there's there's one thing that the Mandalorian does which is interesting to me is it still feels like it's playing it a bit safe. Like it still feels a little too connected to the Skywalker saga for mm, me. Yeah. There's always this issue when talking about Star Wars that there's like a there's almost like a creative bankruptcy behind it because it is so hemmed in by what the fans know and expect. Um mm-hmm. Like for instance, when I first saw Baby Yoda, I was I was my mind was blown because I was like, well, I have so many questions because I don't think that Yoda's race has ever been um, established or really explored in canon. Mm-hmm. I might be yeah. wrong, but like as far as I no, know, no, no, like,
1: no, it's it's a complete mystery.
0: Yeah. Um. So part of me was like so stoked about that, but then the other side of me was like, oh, like. It seems weird that we have to see a Yoda and how does that connect with the rest, you know, how does it connect with the films and mm-hmm. does it connect with the films? You know, um it still kind of feels like it's in the same postal code as the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And I was a little surprised by that. I really thought it was going to distance itself even more than it has.
1: Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing is is the way that Star Wars does it cuz it just jumps all over the timeline. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you got the way, and so nothing, nothing is, um, what's the word? Coherent, right? And, and, and that's the thing is like, you see this show and it's after what the fall of the empire here. So pre, um, First order, yeah, and, and and you're yeah, and it makes you wonder like how is this going to tie in? And I I've actually been watching uh, Star Wars Rebels as well, and I'm thinking because how is that going to tie in? Because yeah. you have these stories about these people who are doing these amazing things, and then you think why wouldn't they be in the main movies? Right.
0: Well, that's the problem they ran into with Rogue One, and that's why they mm-hmm. spoiler alert if you haven't seen Rogue One, um, that's why they end the film by. Just killing off everyone because it wouldn't yeah. make sense for them to not be in the rest of the movie. So they ran into that problem. When I when I sat down to watch The Mandalorian, I did not think the Force would be used or seen in the entire series. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be completely separate in its own thing. And just the fact that we get a little Yoda using the Force, I thought, oh man, like that's still, in my opinion, still playing very close to the chest on on what the Skywalker saga is. So mm. I, I was just surprised. I, I guess maybe yeah. I didn't keep up on articles and reading it and stuff, but I really thought it was going to be completely detached. And now it doesn't feel detached. Now it feels like it's heading for, especially if you look at the episode release schedule, it ties mm-hmm. like right into the release of Rise of Skywalker. And yeah. And gotta think that's not an accident, you know? So yeah. It makes me wonder if it's going to circle back around and connect with the Skywalker saga or if I'm just, you know, if I'm, it's, it's very possible that I'm just like really edgy and insecure about Star Wars property. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The last few have been, you know, so, uh, such a letdown to myself personally. So I feel like maybe I'm just, you know. <laughs> it's like i'm afraid to fall in love again aaron <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you're 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 guarding yourself right now <laughs> yeah
0: exactly
1: that's exactly From what ultimate it feels disappointment. like disappointment yeah i
0: know it's so it's 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 too it's so hard to like a disney property these days because then you're just waiting for it to get mired it's it's tough yeah man. but as of right now we're all gonna enjoy being united i i don't know a single i don't know anybody who has anything negative to say about Mandalorian mm-hmm. right now let's put it that yeah. way um uh, internet critics, friends alike I haven't heard anyone rip on it And yeah. that's so refreshing <laughs> Yeah, it is So,
1: well, I hope they keep it up
0: Yeah And, uh, yeah, they better not Toy with our emotions Like in the fourth episode When uh, that, <laughs> they had Baby Yoda in the crosshairs And I was like, no, mm-hmm. don't do this
1: <laughs> Yeah I. Uh, so I guess what We're about 19, 20 days away As of today yeah, that's a uh, yeah. Before before uh, the rise of Skywalker, here, and we find out if the two are tied together.
0: Yes, yes. Um, the rise of Skywalker ad campaign has ratcheted up. There's like a thousand mm-hmm. TV spots, and uh, they're showing a lot more footage than I thought they would. Yeah. Um, at this point, I feel like I have a fairly good understanding of the overall flow of the film. Yeah. Um, and I. I am very apprehensive about it, but that's, you know, that's all right. It's all good you know what,
1: I saw the other day that the runtime for it is two hours and 27 minutes. Yeah, that's not as long as I thought it would be. And I, that made me a little, like, skeptical about things.
0: Well, when you look at the trailers, you're like, how does all this happen in two and a half hours? Yeah,
1: exactly. So that's what, what I'm like. That, I'm in the same boat. I have no idea. So it'll be really interesting to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's been jumping out at me cuz like all the trailer footage has been primarily action beats and they're all there's all these different locations where this action's taking place like there's desert planet action there's water action there's you know there's all these different locales mm-hmm. and I just feel like the pace of this movie um like something tells me we're going to get a lot of dialogue while people are running or moving or driving and this and that just because the movie won't be able to stop and take the time. Like I think I think I'm really worried about this film not having the time to hit the emotional peaks that it should be because there's so much action to happen in two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. Do you think that there's gonna be a extended cut or like director's cut or something after this movie?
0: No, it'll probably just be like ten deleted scenes or something like Yeah. Um it's interesting because I know I, it's, it's pretty well established knowledge now that they shot several different endings and screened them and tested them out. And there's all these rumors circulating online about how the screenings were a disaster. So they reshot the ending and all sorts of stuff. Mm. So all that footage is out there somewhere. Maybe it'll see the light of day, or maybe JJ will ultimately talk about it. He's usually pretty open after the fact about like things that did or didn't work. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine how much pressure a person would be under to try
1: to make this movie. Yeah. Hey. So okay. we'll oh my gosh. It. And especially after uh, the Last Jedi, like, what is yeah. gonna happen? Yeah. Exactly. I'm
0: definitely um, I'm definitely in the camp of having not enjoyed the Last Jedi. That's my yeah. Thought. Yeah, just to make it official in our podcast. I didn't I didn't, I didn't like it and uh, I've only I've only seen yeah. it like uh, twice and it's the least amount I've seen any of the yeah. other Star Wars movies, so
1: I'm real 60-40 on it, but like <laughs> but like 40 didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but
0: you you're you're historically easier on films than I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. because like, yeah, as long as I'm kind of entertained, I'm I'm yeah. for the most part. But that first scene, that whole bombing scene takes me out of the movie. Um, yeah. just cuz I start thinking about the physics of space and things like that and it just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. The, oh, there's right. so many there's so many debates to get into on that film.
1: <laughs> that 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 whole first scene kind of takes me out of it. But I, I wasn't I'm I'm one of those people that didn't hate the humor. Like I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll save that again for maybe we'll do a Star Wars episode or something. Yeah,
0: a post mortem on the Disney saga.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well, Aaron, what other uh, what other Disney Plus uh, originals have you tackled?
1: So the only other one that I got a chance to uh, watch a little bit of was The World According to Jeff Goldblum. This show is a little off the beaten track, and it may be unexpected and surprising. So
0: taste it and enjoy. (laughs) My name is Jeff Goldblum. The name of the show is
1: uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Be forewarned, I'm in the show a lot. Whoa!
0: Yes. I'm sort of fascinated by a lot of things. Sneakers. These shoes are worth twelve dollars to $15,000. Oh boy. Denim. Ice cream. Hey, can I guess what kind of ice cream you want? to take? Jewelry. Isn't that something? Tattoos. Whoa. Ah, is it gonna keep vibrating like that? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and then, every once in a while, I break into song.
1: Okay, anyway. All right. Uh, Yeah, which I highly, highly recommend uh, you check it out. He is just such a senile guy, and the way he talks and how he talks to people and interacts. Like, the show is more... Like it, it's like more entertaining to watch Jeff Goldblum talk to people than it is to than like the knowledge that he's like trying to convey to you. I, I, I don't know if that makes sense. I yeah, no, it
0: makes sense. I guess my my question about the series is: um, Does it have a narrative thread to it, or is it him just enjoying things?
1: Uh, it's both. Oh, okay, okay it's both so so he'll do like a little bit of narrative and then he'll go out and like and talk to people and then he'll go back to like the narrative kind of thing and so yeah the the first episode definitely check it out it's about sneakers and uh it's worth watching because you get to see him run and the way he runs it's like it's mm-hmm. actually such a funny scene um so yeah definitely definitely check it out awesome that's yeah, great. is there is there any uh, other original contents that you were you were watching? Yeah, a couple. So High I checked- School Musical, <laughs> not yet. Anyway, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I watched uh, Noelle, which is okay. uh, stars Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader, Shirley MacLaine. Mm-hmm. Christmas runs in my family. My dad was Santa, and now it's my brother Nick's turn to wear the hat. Stocking full of coal, if I've ever seen one. He saved a kitten from a tree. Sh- some nice. Will your brother be ready by Christmas? Of course. He's a Kringle. I oh, you doing? want to do this. What you're doing? No. This is great. This is great. No. Let it happen. Ah. Ah. This is not going well at all. Sometimes I dream about getting out. Well, you can't be Santa if you're having a nervous breakdown. You need to get away for the weekend. This movie is written by the same guy who wrote Miss Congeniality and... Okay pretty much every stinking Hugh Grant film you can think of, more or less. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very Disney take on Christmas. Um, oh, yeah. You can kind of see the plot and the twist coming a mile away. And for an hour and 40 long movie, it felt like about two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> um, oh, no. A lot of, uh, yeah, it, it really dragged and I was overall kind of... Kind of bummed yeah. out about it. It's it's um, it just felt part and parcel with a lot of other Disney um, Disney-esque properties these days. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's it it was charming. There there was a lot of things I liked about it. Um, some of the acting. There were some gags that really worked. Bill Hader is good. Anna Kendrick is very good in it. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of feels like a ripoff between like. Um, Sort of like the Santa Claus meets Elf. Like, there's a lot of beads mm. and gags that are directly ripped from other Christmas movies.
1: Yeah. And
0: then it kind of brought up an interesting point that I've never really thought about before is like, um, so many movies nowadays are like really tr- doing new twists on like the Christmas, like the Christmas lore per se. Yeah. And I feel like if you're a kid and you really believe in Santa Claus, like watching these kind of movies must be super confusing because, like, yeah. This movie kind of is a mix between Arthur's Christmas and Elf, but like any of those other films, they all have their different spins and takes on Santa Claus, you know, whether he's like a Mm -hmm. super old guy or whether it's a mantle that gets passed down or whether, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, as an adult, you're like, okay, yeah, it's just entertainment. It's all cute and stuff, but like... I'm curious how people explain this stuff to their kids if they start asking these questions. Like, well, which version of this is the right version? I don't know. It's really <laughs> confusing to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, in some, he goes down a chimney. In others, like, he uses drones to deliver presents or whatever. And you're just like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a confusing time to believe in Santa. I'll just say that. It just... It <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's not enough nowadays for, for Christmas movies to just be a Christmas film. They have to create some unique take on the lore of Santa Claus. Yeah. I feel. Hmm. And I feel like it's just getting so convoluted because now every single movie does that. And so now you're like, well, which version is my preferred version of Santa Claus? And it's, I know that Santa Claus is obviously like, you know, a fairy tale, but it, um, it, it does confuse me. It does beg the
1: question, uh, where does this end?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, where, but where, where do we draw the line on Santa lore, Aaron? Let me ask you this. Did it make you feel warm and fuzzy?
0: honestly no not that much I, oh I, it's
1: a terrible Christmas movie yeah then. that's
0: that's that's why that's exactly why is it is it really didn't um, it, it there it sets up a few different emotional beats and then just mm-hmm. doesn't quite hit them and there's this one scene where she does sign she does sign language she's assigned to communicate with
1: this little girl about um, mm, I thought you were gonna say she does cups oh <laughs> oh my gosh she does sign
0: language uh with this little girl to kind of talk about what she wants for christmas and it was very very touching because it kind of comes out of nowhere um so there's like there's a couple really cute like heartwarming things because i think christmas movies should ultimately be heartwarming um but again it just felt a little bit uh, dry yeah okay yeah yeah um, and then the other one I wanted to touch on real briefly is um, the Imagineering series. Anytime you take people behind the scenes, you see the imperfections, the trial and error, or the experimentation. Behind all of these curtains are different projects going on. This is the cutting edge of the technology of Imagineering.
1: It. is it true? There is this underground city, and I wonder what's down there. I don't know if you've ever walked through the hallways of a Star Destroyer before. Oh, we're in the inner sanctum of the Disneyland Matterhorn.
0: Nobody ever gets the chance to see it. It's Only a special few. So the Imagineering story has a similar release schedule to Mandalorian. So it's four episodes in. Um, each episode's about an hour long. And it's pretty much a documentary about... It goes through like the chronological history of... Um, the the minds behind creating the the Disney theme parks and cruise lines and things of Mm -hmm. that nature. Oh, Um, cool! Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Um, But at the same time, it's it seems it's it's quite unbalanced. And so they'll spend a lot of time on one ride or one thing, but then none on another one. And there's I I really kind of expected it to be more of a deep dive where it really focuses on one park or one specific thing for longer. I, I found that it's really unbalanced in where it has its focus. And of course, because it is a documentary about the Disney parks by Disney, they do have a rosy twist on a lot of stuff that um, in reality was actually a lot more difficult. Like it's mm. like, they, they kind of gloss over, like they do acknowledge some some hardship stuff and some failure stuff at the company. And like, like yeah. they, do, they do surprise me a bit with some of the stuff they acknowledge and talk about. Um, but at the same time, you they're know, just kind of
1: pumping their own tires kind of thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing is meant to sell park tickets. And I, I don't blame them. I mean, it's their streaming service. It's obviously what mm-hmm. they want to do. But it's like, um, there's there's better documentaries on YouTube about some of these rides and some of these stories. And um, there, there's a lot of archive footage that I think people are seeing for the first time, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all in all, I, I feel like it's pretty unbalanced. It's definitely a bit pandering and... Um, you know, there's some neat stuff in it. It's very, um, it's exciting, and obviously, it makes me miss the park because I'm a pretty big fan. I've only been to Disneyland and California Adventure, but um, I'm a pretty big fan of going there. So, like, yeah. uh, it makes me excited to go there again one day. But at the same time, it's like I would have liked to have known a bit more about this or a bit more about that. Mm. Or, they keep a lot of the little secretive tricks and things to themselves that you, you know, a quick search on YouTube will will bring up better documentaries about any of those yeah. specific rides. So, um yeah, I would say just a bit unbalanced, but but not bad by any means. You know, I wish they would have interviewed more of the, the little guys. I, I was really hoping it'd be more of like a boots on the ground kind of documentary where you're really mm-hmm. like, riding along with like the person that painted that or the this and this and this. But it's more like interviewing
1: like the leaders, mm. and the corporate heads of these teams and stuff. So Yeah. You mm, don't that doesn't sound as fun. It it is it really isn't. Like you don't It get, seems like a biased uh kind of documentary style.
0: Yeah. You don't get the nitty gritty. You get like the yeah. bird's eye view of like, wow, how awesome is Disney. But it's funny because by episode four, like the discerning like if you've if you are a fan of the parks and you have you know researched all this stuff or if you you know um you you, you really get the sense by the fourth episode that <laughs> they really they really try to sidestep the idea that they became all about the money and less about trying to wow people um mm. and they sidestep it in different ways in the way they the the, the like the kind of language they use to talk about it but yeah it's very clear that they're basically just trying to capitalize on the Disney Park's name all around the world and kind of doing a terrible job every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they get into talking about California Adventure, where everyone's like, Yeah, when it opened everyone hated it. But hey, it's no one you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. There's 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 very obvious like failures and missteps in, in Disney Park lore and mm-hmm. they they really sidestep every one of them.
1: Hmm. That's kind of, yeah. So, unbalanced,
0: but I still think it's worth watching if you're a parks yeah. fan. It will really get mm. you pumped that's up. That's really cool. If you have, like, a trip scheduled to the park, definitely give that a watch. It'll get you really excited. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I think that's... that's. Uh, oh, I, I watched, like, Forky Asks a Question, and, um,
1: I don't know, like... Oh, like, the shorts there.
0: Yeah, there's all these yeah. little, like, two, three-minute shorts. They're, they're hardly worth talking about. They're just... They're just these tiny little clips. I'm not really sure why they're on there, to be honest. They're, yeah. they're just like filler. It's just to make it yeah. look like there's more content than there is. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pixar in real life was cringy. is probably the best word for it. I shut that off. I didn't watch any more of that. So
1: anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know what the release schedule looks like, Aaron, but I'm excited to start seeing the new Marvel stuff on there, like uh, yeah. Loki and all that. Yeah. So
1: yeah, WandaVision, whatever that mm-hmm. show is. And yeah, apparently you, like I I think I said this in an earlier episode, but you have to you have to watch it if you want to stay current in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's the thing. That's what's so interesting. Um I think I think it was a real stroke of brilliance um to especially with Mandalorian to roll it out weekly like this. Yeah. Um. Because I I feel like it's gonna rope in so many people because they're seeing the memes online, they're seeing the spoilers. They're like, "What, Baby Yoda?" Like that's a huge selling point. So now they're gonna yeah. sign up to try to keep up with it because they don't want it spoiled or they don't want it. You know, they want to know what the backstory is, presumably, before heading into Rise of Skywalker. And it's like, it's it's a real stroke of genius. I just hope it doesn't get old with like the Marvel stuff. You know, like if there's mm-hmm. too much connective tissue in Disney Plus. Um, it might confuse the average moviegoer if we're if if movie theaters are still a thing by the time the next <laughs> phase of Marvel starts happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Aaron, did you did you hear about uh, Netflix uh, purchasing that theater to sh- to show their own uh, originals in?
1: Oh no, I didn't hear yeah. that.
0: Yeah, it's like the Netflix is slowly they're It's kind of like a pilot to see. Um, how mm-hmm. people respond to going to see Netflix originals in the theaters. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you think of that?
1: Uh, that's kind of weird because that's making us pay twice for something. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, I never thought about that that way. Yeah. yeah.
1: So so I that that's where I kind of uh, I kind of draw the line because you know are you are you a streaming service or are you like a production company that for pumping out movies? You know.
0: Maybe they're trying to capitalize on the people that don't want to subscribe to Netflix, but want to see that particular... Movie. So what's gonna
1: happen? Is is it gonna release on both uh, platforms, or is it gonna go in the theaters first, and then we gotta wait for its time in the theater before they release it on Netflix? <laughs> Just like everything else.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That that brings that's a that's a it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know. I, I mean, I guess that's what did like it, technically Disney Disney did the reverse of that, right? We had a bunch yeah. of movies and now had a had a streaming service. So I you know what? Get, with that being said, I think I think it'll probably work, but I don't know if I will be the person um, who goes to the goes to the theater to see Netflix because I'll probably wait for it to come on. Unless it's like a crazy movie that I'm just super excited about which yeah then I'll go for sure.
0: You know what would be cool is if um, before Rise of Skywalker came out they did like a Mandalorian fan event where they stitched all the episodes together like removed mm-hmm. the previously on segment and just, just put it out as like a one big, long movie to watch before watching Rise of Skywalker.
1: Mm, that would be sweet.
0: I'd, I'd probably go see that in theaters. That'd be a really cool way to experience it. Yeah. Then you really get an idea for the flow of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Before we sign off, one thing I wanted to mention, Aaron. Um, while I yeah. was watching Mandalorian, um, I kept thinking back to Terminator Dark Fate for whatever reason, because the more I think about it, the the, the sadder I am that it didn't <laughs> didn't go well. Um, I had an idea... Because, again, like I was thinking about the simplicity of The Mandalorian and about the tone of it and and all the things that work about it. And I came up with what I think would be a really awesome idea uh, for a Terminator streaming series. Okay. Um, So here's my pitch to you. So imagine it's it's in the future. It's during the future war. And the Resistance is frantically trying to figure out how to send back this T-800 that they reprogrammed. That, you know, kind of like... the T-800 and Terminator 2. So he's been reprogrammed to to serve the Resistance and to go on some mission, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, the one that goes back to protect John Connor, my thought was that maybe that's not the first attempt because they had to figure out how to make it work. So there's, like, all these different pockets of Resistance fighters trying to figure out how to send back a machine. Yeah. Um, So I imagined, how well, how cool would it be if, like, the resistance they were just about to send this t-800 back in time but then like some hunter killers like break in and they they shoot up the place and it like fries the time circuit so instead of the t-800 going back in time to where he was supposed to go in like the 90s or 2000s or whatever he goes back to the wild west <laughs> okay and of course his his uh because of you know the whole place being shot up and all the resistance people there being like obviously murdered. His his chips have been damaged or whatever. So he's basically, he's like a quote unquote, good guy terminator, but now he's back in the wild West. But the idea yeah. would be that he, as he like ends up inevitably helping people and, and, Um, Coming to terms with the fact that he's nowhere near his specific like destination, you could kind of break up the season into different eras as this Terminator is helping people until ultimately unveiling his overall purpose as to what he was supposed to be protecting or killing. Oh, I like it over the course of like six seasons or something. But like starting him in the old west, just that idea of like him gunfighting and like doing you know like having that stoic nature, but also you know dealing Mm -hmm. with like outlaws and stuff i was like frick that and and having that serious like r-rated tone where he's you know punching holes in people and all that kind of crazy stuff from like the first couple films
1: hold it oh (laughs) come on not now not you again it's too early i'm shot what i'm shot oh my god draw anyway that's my pitch what do you think yeah i like it um, I totally thought you were gonna say they send him back in time to the point where before John Connor was killed to save him. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> and is... reboot the whole series. Again.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I want to go back, back. Yeah, I, like, no, that's a way better idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just imagined like him, uh, yeah, him just showing up on the outskirts of some like frontier town, you know, mm-hmm. and just like walking through town. You know, like the classic Terminator arrival, mm-hmm. where he's like buck naked walking through town, and everyone's just like spilling their beer and being like, "What in tarnation is that?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's all muscle bound because Terminators are muscle bound, so it's like he just has this fish out of water kind of thing. But at the same time, he's super badass. So
1: I like it. I'm in. Let's uh, campaign. Let's get a Kickstarter going for this. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix, hear us. Make this show.
0: The thing I would like about it is it'd be episodic, it's simple, um, and you yeah. get to really um, embrace the fact that he is mm-hmm. a, a killer machine that's completely in a class of his own. And, yeah. you know, make him dangerous again. Terminator should be dangerous and insane. And they're, yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Well, so. like, I, like I said, they definitely, if they're going to do anything Terminator, they need to do some side story stuff rather than yeah. uh, main story because... Just like Star Wars, the main stories just kind of got beat to death. And uh, yeah, yeah, it would definitely, if they're trying to rejuvenate or refresh the franchise, I think you're you're completely right. Like a little, little streaming series would be awesome. Yeah, and then like the
0: whole mystery box element of it would just be why was he sent back? And when mm-hmm. was he supposed to go back to? And then that would be the question that the series ultimately answers in the finale or whatever. And I don't even know what yeah. that would be, but it wouldn't be complicated.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's sent back to kill Hitler or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I'm yes. not. Yeah, he's
1: just this this force that continues living through. To, uh, he's like the lore of the Winter Soldier, where except yeah. like a good guy, where he just keeps appearing through history to kill all these like tyrants and exactly. bad guys. And stuff. Yeah,
0: you could have so oh, much it. fun with it and just make it its own alternate timeline and, yeah. and just you know enjoy the Terminator being. What
1: if every episode was. different era of time that he was in
0: oh i was thinking like every season but yeah that'd be sick too you could do like a quantum leap thing where like his time circuits keep like jumping him around or something
1: yeah oh that'd be awesome
0: oh yeah if he's like an experimental terminator that can time travel from any point without a machine that would be Mm -hmm. that's a new twist because we've never seen that in the new terminators yeah Oddly enough, no one has ever thought to make the Terminator able to time travel, but there'd be restrictions on it, you know, it'd be like a couple of years or something just to keep it plausible.
1: Yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, if, uh, if this happens, you've heard it, uh, here first. So yeah, there we go. (laughs) There we
0: go. Well, Aaron, um, so we got the stupids coming up and of course, uh, everyone's getting ready for Christmas and the holidays. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's all I got. Is that all you got?
1: yeah that's all i got and uh, like i said you guys could definitely go check out uh the stupids you're mm-hmm. gonna like it uh
0: if you like what you're hearing uh please feel free to subscribe mm-hmm. and uh drop us a rating let your friends and anyone else you know that might enjoy this episode or in- enjoy our series um Yeah, let them know we exist, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. And feel free to stop by our social medias. Um, We have a subreddit. We have uh, Instagram, Facebook, email. It's all in the show notes, so check it all out. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode.
1: That was my my baby Yoda saying bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Sorry, bye.